You're listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes, a production of the Ephesus School Network. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. The company of the angels was amazed when they... Hi, this is Father Aaron Warwick with Jason Everett, and you are listening to the Teach Me Thy Statutes podcast, episode number eight. Today's passage is from Luke, chapter 19, verses 12 through 28. The Lord said this parable. A nobleman went into a far country to receive a kingdom and then return. Calling ten of his servants, he gave them ten pounds and said to them, Trade with these till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent an embassy after him, saying, We do not want this man to reign over us. When he returned, having received the kingdom, he commanded these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him that he might know what they had gained by trading. The first came before him, saying, Lord, your pound has made ten pounds more. And he said to him, Well done, good servant, because you have been faithful in a very little. You shall have authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Lord, your pound has made five pounds. And he said to him, And you are to be over five cities. And then another came, saying, Lord, here is your pound, which I kept laid away in a napkin, for I was afraid of you because you are a severe man. You take up what you did not lay down and reap what you did not sow. He said to him, I will condemn you out of your own mouth, you wicked servant. You knew that I was a severe man, taking up what I did not lay down and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money into the bank? And at my coming, I should have collected it with interest. And he said to those who stood by, Take the pound from him, and give it to him who has the ten pounds. And they said to him, Lord, he has ten pounds. I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. But from him who has not, even what he has will be taken away. But as for these enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them, bring them here and slay them before me. And when he had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. This parable is also told in Matthew's Gospel, and one that I have always known as the parable of the talents. And I've always been taught that this is a teaching regarding the use of the gifts that God has given us, and to not neglect those gifts, but to use them for the glory of God. But I never could make sense of the verse that says, I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given, but from him who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And then some time ago, um, sometime in the past year, Father, you gave a sermon on this passage, and you made sense of this for me for the first time and, and really brought clarity to this parable. Would you share with our hearers your teaching on this passage? Uh, yeah, Jason, but I'm, I'm wondering, are you trying to humble brag that you remembered one of my sermons? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, don't I get extra credit for that? Well, I guess if we're going to stay true to the Bible, uh, you're getting credit for it here on the podcast, here on earth, so you don't get credit for it in the kingdom. But yes, you (laughs) do get credit for it now. Uh, But on a serious note, I'm actually glad you brought this up, uh, because the one thing that I would hope we can accomplish uh, in the podcast format is to go a little bit deeper uh, into certain texts and themes that are in the Bible uh, that I don't always have the time or the context to cover in sermons. Uh, so we can get a little more technical in this type of setting. Good. I like to get into the weeds, so let's jump right in. 
Okay, well, the first thing that I want to do is to clarify. Uh, you're absolutely correct uh, that Matthew has essentially the same parable as Luke. Uh, but as you mentioned, it's frequently referred to as the parable of talents. And so that's why you often hear people speaking about what you mentioned, uh, that the parable is telling us to use our gifts, our talents, our abilities for God. Uh, but that's a little off the mark. So how far off are we talking? I mean, from, from my perspective, uh, my previous understanding was completely off the mark. Well, in, in the passage today, uh, we heard the use of the term pounds. Uh, and that's actually an older translation that refers to the English pound or a unit of money. And what I want to clarify is that both in this passage from Luke and in the parable of the talents in Matthew, uh, what Jesus is referring to uh, is money. Now, in Luke's passage, uh, the Greek word that's used is mina, uh, which is essentially uh, a quarter of a year or three months' salary. In Matthew, uh, a talent is also, again, referring to money, but it's actually a weight of money, uh, which is, of course, where you uh, also get the term pound in English uh, for money because the value of money was determined by its weight. Uh, in any case, uh, what I want to make crystal clear, especially as it relates to your question and your reference to Matthew's comparable parable of the talents, is that Jesus is using terms about money in these parables. And specifically, the parable of the talents has absolutely nothing to do uh, with using our talents uh, that we might have, like you know, being a talented singer or a talented artist or a talented preacher or, as Jason, a talented podcaster. It's referring to money and not to what we would call uh, today uh, talents or gifts or abilities. So Jesus is talking about money in these parables? I, I, I guess my memory is failing me because I don't remember that as being part of your sermon. Uh, you're right. Uh, Jesus is not talking about money. And so I did all of that clarifying to tell you that pounds and talents in the English translations refer to money. But the parable itself is not actually about money. So let me clarify a little bit further, because I don't want to confuse anyone. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, today's passage in the parable of the talents are parables. Uh, so that means that they're stories that use simple concepts uh, to express a deeper meaning. Another way of saying it is that the money in these parables is being used as a metaphor or a stand-in, so to speak. Okay, so what does the money stand for or represent in these parables? Yes, good question. So let's now get to the heart of the matter. Uh, the money is actually a metaphor for showing mercy. And what Jesus is getting at is that by using the mercy he gave and extending that mercy to others, you can multiply the mercy. And when he returns at the great and final judgment, if you took that mercy that he gave you and you spread that mercy and created more mercy, he will give you even more. But if you just took that mercy and buried it in the ground and didn't multiply it, and when he returns, you just say, oh, you know, oh yeah, thank you for that mercy. Here it is. You can have it. I didn't do anything with it, but now you can have it back. He's going to say, forget about it. You don't get it anymore. You just wasted what I gave you. Yes, that's what I remember. Uh, that's what I remember you saying in your sermon that I had referenced earlier. And now we can start to tie this back together with what we've discussed on this podcast before. Uh, namely, that salvation is like an inheritance. Uh, you see that in this parable. You never earn salvation. The master, the nobleman in this parable, just gave his servants the money. They hadn't earned it. They couldn't say they somehow deserved it. He just gave it to them in his goodness. But they can lose it. And the way to lose it is by simply squandering it and making nothing more of it. 
So again, I make the point. Salvation, God's mercy, can never be earned, but it can be lost. Father, I think I see what you mean, but can you distill that a little further for us, just just kind of practically speaking? Sure. Uh, I'll, I'll try to be as succinct and blunt as possible. Uh, the Bible starts from the premise that we humans have sinned against God, but God is good, and he, in his goodness, has decided to show his mercy to us. And all he really desires in return is that we spread and share that mercy with others. You know, we just heard it on uh, the podcast last week, uh, Jesus saying, quoted from the prophet Hosea, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Uh, But the problem is that we like to make sacrifice. We like to make offerings to God. We like to think of ourselves as Christians as, you know, quote, morally superior to others. All of this is the language of sacrifice and offerings and the notion that we can do something. But what God is telling us throughout the Bible and what we hear in today's parable is that we have to take that mercy that he undeservedly gave us and we multiply that by being merciful to others. We cannot, and I repeat, cannot, expect that when Christ returns to judge the living and the dead, that we will be admitted into heaven if we just show up and say, hey, thanks for being merciful to me. But we have not, in return, been merciful to others. If we do that, or if we show up and say, thanks for the mercy, look at all these sacrifices and offerings I made, then he's going to take away that mercy that he gave us, and we will be raised, uh, to use the words uh, that Christ himself uses in John's gospel, will be raised to the resurrection of condemnation. And I would just sum this up by referring to Matthew uh, chapter 7, verse 2, where Jesus says, For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, if you see today's parable or the parable of talents in Matthew's gospel in the light that I just explained, you can see it's simply an extension, a story, or a parable uh, to further highlight this teaching of Matthew 7-2. The ones who went and used the money to, to produce more were given more money. That is to say, the ones who extended the mercy to others to produce more mercy were shown even more mercy when the master came back to check on his servants. The one who didn't use the money to produce more had it completely taken away. That is to say, the one who did not extend the mercy to others had even that original mercy taken away, and he was, to use the words of this parable, taken to be slain. That part, taken to be slain, that's that's something I wanted to ask about as well, and, and I'll do that later. But in your sermon about the parable of the talents, I remember you also referencing something about the overall context of that passage, to highlight that it was, in fact, speaking about mercy. Yeah, that's a great point, and and was something I alluded to earlier when I said that I hope we can unpack these types of things more in this podcast format. So when you speak about the parable of the talents in Matthew, uh, it's sandwiched between two other parables, the parable of the wise virgins and the parable of the sheep and the goats. And I'll speak about uh, the parable of the sheep and the goats first. In that parable, uh, Jesus is speaking about the final judgment. The sheep, the ones who actually listen to and are faithful to their shepherd, end up on the right side, the good side, of their master. The goats, uh, which are known as being more independent animals than sheep, they do their own thing, they don't really listen to the shepherd, they end up on the left side, the bad side of the master. They'll be cast out of the kingdom for their disobedience. Uh, But anyway, in that parable, it's very clear, and I mean 
crystal clear uh, that the ones who listen to the master show mercy on those in need. Uh, They feed the hungry, they clothe the naked, they care for the sick, they visit the imprisoned, and so forth. And the ones who don't listen to the master ignore those things. Again, it's, it's very clear that the master wants you to show mercy, and that is the very basis of the final judgment. Did you show mercy or did you not show mercy? Uh, once again, this is the parable uh, following the parable of the talents in Matthew's gospel. Now, the parable before the parable of the talents is that of the wise virgins. And I'll show here in a second how this actually connects to the parable in Luke that we heard you read today at the beginning of this episode. Uh, but for the time being, I want to point out that in the parable of the wise virgins, uh, you have uh, them dealing with the oil in their lamps. Uh, the wise virgins have plenty of oil, and the foolish virgins don't have enough. And if you don't understand uh, the play on words that's going on here, which I'll explain, uh, then you're not really going to understand uh, this you know, otherwise curious situation uh, where the wise virgins say they can't share the oil with the foolish virgins. I mean, why wouldn't you be able to, to share the oil? You could take a little bit out of, of your lamp and put it in the other. Uh, but the reason uh, that you can't in this parable is because of this, uh, as I mentioned, play on words. In Greek, uh, the word mercy is elios, and the word oil is elion. There's just one letter difference, uh, an S at the end of uh, mercy and an N at the end of oil. Uh, so there's actually a play several times in the New Testament on these words. And in the parable of the wise virgins, uh, the oil is the stand-in, the metaphor for mercy. Uh, So this is why the wise virgins can't share their oil with the foolish virgins. In other words, what the parable is saying is that when you get to the judgment, uh, you are not the judge. If you are merciful to others, Christ, who alone is the judge, will judge you mercifully. But you can't then share his mercy to the one next to you. They stand in judgment uh, themselves. Uh, Christ will judge them according to the mercy that they showed to others. In other words, at that point, it's too late. It's the final exam. You either showed mercy or you didn't, and your neighbor can no longer share his or her mercy with you. It's very interesting, and that's what I remember in terms of this teaching in your earlier sermon, uh, shedding new light on the meaning of those parables. And you said that somehow there was a connection, though, between the parable of the wise virgins in Matthew, right before the parable of the talents, and the placement of today's parable in Luke's gospel. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, so when you look at the placement of today's parable in Luke, following it you have uh, the so-called triumphal entry, or what we often refer to as Palm Sunday. And where I see a connection to Matthew is that following this parable, uh, Luke says that Jesus came to Bethany and to the Mount of Olives. And why do you see significance in that? Well, Bethany literally translates to house of the poor. Uh, So Jesus is going to hang out, so to speak, with the poor. He's going to their house to show his mercy to them. And then in terms of the Mount of Olives, uh, in the ancient world, uh, you get the oil for the lamps, the oil uh, the wise virgins would have been using from the olives. Uh, So he comes out uh, to the Mount of Mercy, so to speak. And, and by the way, this is also the location where in, in Matthew's gospel, Jesus taught the parable of the wise virgins and the parable of the talents. Uh, now, obviously, uh, the placement of this parable is not essential, uh, per se, uh, to understanding it. I mean, you can understand when I explain it how it makes perfect sense as is and in the context of the general biblical teaching. 
Uh, but I point out uh, some of these other things just to highlight and supplement. Uh, I mean, in literature, it's, it's different than math. You know, you can prove uh, that 2 plus 2 equals 4. And in literature, it's not a mathematical proof, but uh, the weight of the evidence. And I'm just showing uh, the weight of the evidence is that the parable is speaking about the money representing God's mercy. Well, I'd say you certainly made a compelling case for your teaching here, Father. And as you said, you've gone deeper than in your previous sermon. And in doing so, this, this parable and the other two you referenced a moment ago have come into an even clearer focus for me and understanding their purpose in the Gospels. Good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And then there's one final thing that I would uh, point out, uh, that the story preceding uh, this parable in Luke that we heard you read today is the famous story of uh, Zacchaeus, the wee little man, as, as he said to be in the song. And what happens in that story? Well, exactly what the parable following it teaches. Uh, namely, Jesus decides in advance uh, to be merciful to Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. And for those new to the podcast, if you go back uh, to the last two episodes uh, before this, you'll understand why that's really bad. Uh, but Jesus decides to be merciful to him and to enter his house. And you see how uh, Zacchaeus responds. He responds by extending uh, that mercy of Jesus to others. Namely, uh, he restores fourfold uh, to those whom he had robbed, and he gives half of his goods to the poor. And then after that story, Luke tells us the parable uh, that you read today, that you read today, uh, indicating uh, that you can either be like Zacchaeus and multiply the mercy God has shown you, or you can be like the one who just buries the mercy, does nothing with it uh, to increase it to others, and you'll be condemned. That leads me to my final question. The passage closes with Jesus saying, But as for these enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them, bring them here and slay them before me. What is Jesus communicating here? When you understand the parable, as I explained uh, earlier, it's very clear here that Jesus is communicating about the final judgment. And ultimately, uh, Jesus' kingdom is a kingdom of mercy. Again, as, as we heard on last week's podcast, and I'm just highlighting these uh, previous podcasts to show how the Bible all runs together with consistent themes. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Uh, so I emphasize Jesus' kingdom is a kingdom of mercy. Mercy reigns supreme. If you don't want mercy to reign, if you don't want to extend Jesus' mercy to others just as he extended it to you, then you are rejecting him and his lordship. You are becoming, as it says, his enemy. And like I quoted above from Matthew 7, 2, For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So if you're not going to offer Jesus' mercy to others, he's going to take his mercy from you and the judgment will be very harsh. As always, Father, thank you for your teaching. In today's episode, we examined the parable of the talents and how it is very often misunderstood. While Jesus refers to money in the parable, money is actually used as a metaphor for mercy. Jesus is instructing us to use the mercy he has given us and to spread that mercy to others. In doing so, he will provide us with even greater mercy. But to those who squander that mercy, they have been given by Christ and keep it to themselves and look to return it to Christ at the final judgment, they will have that mercy taken from them unto the resurrection of condemnation. For this is the basis of the final judgment. Did you or did you not show mercy? For the kingdom of God is a kingdom of mercy. 
Thank you for listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes. We hope you tune in next week for a new episode. Alleluia, glory to the O God. Alleluia, 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 glory to the O God. O our God and our hope, glory to thee.